It's four o'clock on a Monday, and you know what that means. It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. As opposed to not live. Nope, this is the real deal. We're live. And glad to be here. Um, let's see who's in that chat room today. All right. Jen Frow, Jen, Robbie, Mark, another Mark, Amanda, we will write you a song, McGaith, Jesse, Indigo Gal, uh, Musical Lucy, Nelly, AJ a, a. Hall, uh, Woodlander 48, Jan Bars, Jan Bars, Armin Francois, uh, Kale, Rock and Rod, Nelly, MJ Green, Mark Himley, Rip Wolf. Hi, guys. How are you? Uh, Adriana's here. Man, uh, filling up quickly. It's like the number's shooting up there. Anyway, uh, this is going to be an interesting show today. I really do need help from you guys. But I want to start the show off with something <laughs> that I've been having so much fun with. Uh, I've been working weekends already. I mean, this past weekend, I think I worked something like 17 hours on road rally stuff during the course of the weekend. And of course, like everybody, I need a little break every now and then. I think I mentioned this last week. I, uh, I heard about uh, some software, an app for your phone called Oxy, but um, I don't have an iPhone, so I couldn't get Oxy. So I got something else, which is called Music Maker Jam, I think the free little app and I've got to say I've been having so much fun with this and for those of you who are afraid of learning how to be a better producer using software learning how to build EDM tracks or hip-hop tracks or whatever uh, this is so much fun and it makes lights go on for you you go oh now I get it. So I've just barely started using it and really don't understand the full extent of what it can do. But I want to play you guys. I, I was literally doing this in two minutes before the show went on the air. So, um, oh, you guys, I did play you something last week. Okay. So I couldn't remember if I had or I hadn't, but I, I downloaded some funk grooves and uh, <laughs> I want to show you how good this thing sounds. I mean, the, let's see. There, let's try and make it a little less reflective. So that's it. Really simple, little baby little mixer. It's got all kinds of loops. So here we go. This is Mikey's Funk Loop. <laughs> Sounds pretty good, huh? Hold on, hold on. I need props. There we go. <laughs> Gotta get my funk outfit on here. Bill Clinton on the sax. 
and let's break it down. idea. It's fun. It's tons of fun. Let me look up. How's my hair? Uh, let's see. The official name is Music Maker Jam. And I found it in the Google Play Store. So there you go. Have some fun with that. It's actually really educational and it kind of gets you over the hump. Um, it allows you to build songs, of course, you know, uh, with verses, choruses, intros, all that good stuff. Um, you can record your own vocals. Um, and of course, for $3.99, you can download lots of, of sample packs, but this stuff sounds really good. So what device was doing that? It was this, Andy. It was... Music Maker Jam. Found it in the uh, in the Google Play Store. <laughs> I can leave my hat on. No, really, nobody on the planet looks as bad as I do in a hat. Trust me. Um, what's the name for Apple? I don't know. They may make it for uh, iOS. Uh, if they don't, you can get something called Oxy that's somewhat similar. But, um, see, you can lay out your bars um, and determine your chord changes. Um, you can use this grid, some sort of EQ thing. I, I literally am just getting used to this thing. Uh, here, I'll play it. <laughs> That bass and drum sound. for days to make something like that happen in a real studio. I am jealous, but having a great time. Anyway, uh, tons of styles, and let me see if I can find the acoustic guitar really quick. Um, make music, okay. New project. Save changes, no. Hmm. 
Okay, acoustic guitar. Break out the castanets, kids. Okay, anyway, enough fun and games. On with the show. Thought you guys might like that, though. Pretty cool. All right, so Taxi TV show notes for 718.16. I've got all kinds of paperwork ready to go for today's show. Um, okay, first thing I want to know is how many of you guys, we've got 105 people that are live in the chat room. I don't know how many more that are lurking. Lurkers, uh, of you 105 who are in the chat room, give me a plus one if you've ever been to a road rally, let's say in the last five years. I'm just curious to kind of know who we're talking to. Um, what did Polly say that was so funny? The episode uh, brought to you by apps that will replace us. <laughs> Hopefully not. Actually, I really think that app is going to help people learn how to build tracks. They should play real instruments whenever possible. All right, so a lot of you guys. Clark Van Norris, six road rallies, yay. Um, all right, so pretty fair number of you guys. Now, I'm curious to know... How many of you, uh, and I don't know how to designate this in the chat room, but how many of you guys are film and TV composer types versus artist, um, artists or people who are pitching songs to the industry? So do uh, FTV if you are more prone to do instrumentals for film and TV. Type in FTV um, and AW for artist writer. And I'm curious to see just what the, the blend is. <laughs> Mojo says, even EDM guys should learn an instrument so they know when to take a breath or to hit the play button or the space bar. Robbie Hancock swings both ways. <laughs> All right, so I would say probably like 80% um, are film, TV, some are a mixture of both, which makes sense. Um, Polly says, Michael, I'm not counting all these. That's okay, Polly. I would have asked if, uh, if I thought about making you do it, but it, it, I just wanted a general feel. Uh, okay. So, first of all, the road rally, Taxi Road Rally, starts uh, on Thursday, November 3rd. Um, I think the registration schedule usually is scheduled to open at 5 p.m., but I think we generally open it a little earlier if we can. Um, last few years, we've been pretty organized and have gotten it uh, opened a little early. People do start lining up at 8 a.m., sometimes even earlier, so that they can get the 
the mentor of their choice. One thing that we do that um, some other conventions charge for is uh, free one-to-one -one mentoring, where we have an incredible array of industry people in just about every discipline you can possibly imagine. Uh, music library owners, music supervisors, hit songwriters, um, geez, what else? Artist managers, vocal coaches, just any, anything you can think of. And we make them available and you sign up and we will send you a list, just so you know, um, about a week or so before the road rally, we'll send you a list of who the mentors are and we ask you on your trip out here or maybe if you get here the night before, but pick like your top three choices for your mentors. That's why people start lining up early in the morning so that they can have their best shot at getting a mentor. And I've got to say, look, nobody could guarantee you that this would happen, um, especially me, but it does happen. People sit down for a one-to-one -one mentor thing. They play a song or an instrumental piece for a music library owner, or a supervisor, a record label, what have you, and they end up sometimes getting deals in, in incredible, like lifelong relationships start in that one little 15 minute moment. Um, okay, so uh, that's why people get there early. Personally, I think if you get there by 11 or 12, uh, 11 a.m. or noon, you're probably fine for getting the person of your choice. Although some of the really, really juicy ones do go rather quickly. Um, okay, so the purpose of today's show, uh, oh, once again, the rally is November 3rd through the 6th, which is a Thursday evening through Sunday here in Los Angeles. We do it at the Westin LAX Hotel so that you don't have to rent a car, which probably knocks off 25 to $50 a day um, in car rental and parking. Um, there's a free shuttle that goes from the airport to the Rally Hotel. You really wanna try hard to stay at the Road Rally Hotel because uh, I know it sounds cliche, but it happens all the time. People see somebody on a panel, they're going up to the room to brush their teeth or grab their guitar or what have you, and they end up in an elevator with somebody who's just on a panel. Or, uh, you know, late at night they bump into somebody in the hallway. I mean, it just, it really truly happens. If you're not there, if you're staying down the road, um, there are a couple of cheaper hotels. Instead of paying like 130 bucks a night, you might find something for 90 a night or 105 a night. Um, Century Boulevard near LAX is not someplace that you would want to walk by yourself late at night. It's not like horribly dangerous, but it ain't all that safe. So, uh, you know, walk in groups, but you're just better off staying at the Rally Hotel because that's where the action is. That's where the rooftop parties are. <laughs> that's where the parties and the suites are. And that's where people are jamming and hanging out in the bar till four in the morning and waking up really hungover the next day. Um, I want you guys to give me, I'm going to tell you when it's time, but uh, the purpose of today's show is to zero in on some ideas that I've got more specifically for ballroom panels and to some degree the classes at this year's Road Rally. Uh, but one really important note on classes, over the years, uh, more and more taxi members have been calling us up saying, you know, I'd like to teach a class on this subject or that subject. And, and they're well qualified and the cool thing is i mean part of a big part of the road rally is the vibe there's an incredible vibe of we're all here to help each other 
there's not a lot of like people with leather pants that are really cool hanging out you know like check me out i'm the shiz um, you just don't get that vibe a lot at the road rally and what you do get is somebody who's been a taxi member for 10 years and is making a six-figure income standing in line to somebody who's never been to a road rally before they're a little frightened it's like kind of overwhelming to see you know a couple thousand people in one place and it's like what do i do where do i go which class is best which panels um do i play the open mic or not all that stuff and they end up getting kind of taken under the wing of somebody who's been a member for 10 years sometimes relationships happen and of, from those relationships collaborations happen connections happen all kinds of good stuff so some of our members are really quite expert at specific things and they have volunteered to teach classes over the years well we're now getting to the point where it's gained such momentum it's like a snowball rolling downhill um, is that we're getting almost too many people that are reaching out asking us if they can teach classes and frankly um, we're trying to cut back on the number of classes that uh, we offer because and last year we offered I think about 75 or more classes well while the classes are going on on the second floor we also have these big panels going on in the main ballroom and people have to choose do I go to the class do I go to the ballroom panel what do I do so we do try and repeat some of the more popular classes people like uh, Stephen Memel or Jason Bloom or Rob Shirelli we generally have them do a couple of things so that if you miss one you can go to another but um, we have so many members reaching out saying can I teach a class that we're at the point we got to the point like three four weeks ago where it's like geez what do we do we're gonna have to tell some of these people no or we're just gonna have so many classes that nobody that we don't have room first of all we actually do pay for the real estate at the hotel so we can't just like keep filling up more and more and more rooms um, without paying for them so what we're gonna do we've decided that we're gonna ask all anybody who's done classes in the past will be grandfathered in so those of you who have done a class in the past you're good to go unless we don't like you <laughs> now I, I think that uh, we have great people teaching classes great members teaching classes but um, hello yeah I'm sorry I'm actually doing an episode of taxi TV and for some reason this rang through to my phone would you mind calling back please because thank you I'm doing a live webcast as we speak thanks I don't know why that rang through to my phone that was so weird how about that for professional customer service um, weird anyway hopefully that won't happen again anytime soon so uh, anybody who has done a class in the past will be grandfathered in um, and for other people we're going to ask you don't do it now don't start sending emails now thinking oh I'm gonna I'm going to send off an email and I'm going to be first in line because that's not the way it's going to work but we are going to send out an official email saying starting tomorrow whatever day it is um, that you can send your class title in a hundred word description of what it is that you propose that you want to teach and then we are going to put it up on doodle or some sort of online polling software and we're going to have the members vote for what which classes they think are going to be the most fruitful for them um, they do this at South by Southwest every year now over the weekend while I was here slaving away so I could put on a really good road rally for you guys um, 
I called a few of our members that have been to the road rally numerous times and asked them what they thought of the idea. And one of the person people that I spoke to upset me a little bit. Uh, not that I was ticked off at that person, but what he told me, he said, I can tell you right now, and this is a direct quote, I can tell you right now that some of those people are going to lobby on Facebook, the taxi forum, and with private messaging and their email list to get their friends to vote for their classes. And another problem I see that Taxi now has members who are leveraging what they've learned through Taxi and they're offering classes and courses on their own. They don't mean at the road rally. This guy meant just in general, which, hey, it's a free world. Uh, but if they teach classes at the rally, you can bet that they're going to be using those classes to drive customers to their own paid for classes. And I personally would be really pissed off if I went to the road rally and felt like I was being pitched courses by other taxi members. So I reminded this guy, I said, you know, there are teachers that teach classes, um, other classes in the past that have a book to sell or do teach a class somewhere or something. And, and we asked them, we actually send out an email saying, look, don't get carried away because we do get complaints about this. Um, and we've kept it to a minimum, but every now and then we get somebody who gets a little carried away um, and they spend most of the class talking about how great uh, they are and why you should take their class and they just use it as a big sales tool. Um, so we've curtailed it. Um, we calmed it down a lot last year, um, but we've never been able to completely stop it and without having, you know, like the speech police in every single class, which is tough to do with 75 of them. Um, and as many experts as we have that give their time to teach and have books, books and courses they want to plug, we're never going to be able to totally eradicate it. So what we ask people to do is, look, give the people in your class a lot of value. They come to the road rally. They come from all over the world. We don't want them to sit there for 90 minutes in your class being told how wonderful you are. But if you want to take five minutes at the end and say, if you enjoyed the class, here's my blah, 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 that's okay. But this person in particular was really freaking out and not in a bad way. He was doing it. He came from a good place, but he said, look, I don't want to have other taxi members pitching their classes. He said, you know, the road rally is not that. It's just not that. So I don't know what we're going to do about that. But um, the, remember, the member responded, yeah, well, they're experts, not a fellow member that's got a dozen placements and is now charging other members to take their course. I think that's BS, and it isn't what taxi or the spirit of the road rally is about. So what do you guys think about that? I'm curious, can you give me a plus one if you agree with this gentleman that, uh, you know, if, if you've got taxi members teaching classes that they shouldn't be plugging courses that they teach or something like that? Use good judgment. <laughs> really? We have to rely on people to use good judgment, huh? Five minutes at the end of pitch uh, is a good idea. Who cares as long as the content is pertinent and useful? Um, some of you are putting in minus ones, meaning that you don't like the idea, right? I'm confused. I'm saying plus ones and minus ones. Five minute plug is okay as long as the info is good. Someone's very, very experienced composer, extremely successful. I'm okay with it. That, that's the problem, Amanda. You, you've gotten to the essence of the problem, and that is 
this guy said, I don't want somebody who's had a dozen placements sitting there telling a room full of 30, 50, or 100 people, you know, take my class for $300 when they've only had a dozen placements. He said there are a thousand of us there that have had a dozen placements. Um, minus one's minus one means that's oh, gone by too quickly. Okay, with a short plug, five minutes at the end. Uh, how about have them hand out business cards, not saying take my class? Um, number one is disagree with the member or minus one. Um, Yeah, see, that's a problem. It's basically what you guys are saying is a five-minute plug at the end if the class has good content, which is really what we're after. The content means more than anything. Um, yeah, Vicky's pointing out Matt Hurt, Casey Hurwitz, uh, uh, Chuck Schlachter, just some of the members who teach great classes. They do, but I don't think any of those guys are offering their own courses at the end. Um, and, and frankly, I mean, Matt Hurt is a world-class expert. I sometimes think he knows more than a lot of music library owners. So if he were teaching a class, I wouldn't care. But this guy's thing, was his exact quote was, if somebody's got a dozen placements, I don't want them ruining the credibility of the road rally by selling their stuff. I don't know. Um, Anyway, maybe I'll do a poll on that because it's a little hard to count the plus ones and minus ones that are all scrolling by. Uh, and how would I enforce it? You know, class police, exactly. I don't want to have to have any kind of police there. Um, and the way we enforce it now is if we get feedback anecdotally after the rally, I mean, there's somebody who's a really big publisher in the industry who we don't invite back because his publisher spent most of his or her time um, telling everybody how great they were and how great their classes were and didn't give out a lot of value. So we disinvited that person. Uh, you can tell the difference between people who want to support the community and which are there solely to build their business. Uh, yeah, but it's too late. And, and that's the other problem is it puts the onus on us. If we do it in advance, it puts the burden on us. And believe me, it's a time sucker. If I'm going to have these people calling me you know, wanting to chat my ear off for half an hour. It's like, you got to trust me. I'm not there to sell my class, not there to sell my class. Um, I, I don't have the time for that. Uh, like I said, I'm already working seven days a week to make sure the rally, which is, by the way, our 20th rally, and I want to make it really special this year. Okay, uh, content qualifications. You should be able to see a sample of their presentation. I don't have time to look at 75 different presentations is the pro problem. Uh, The rallies for paying it forward. Uh, I know. It's, I think some of these people who are trying to sell their stuff think they're paying it forward. Anyway, it, the hard part is deciding. You know, look, if Dean Crepain, um sells his book, he's selling it in the um, bookseller's room, and his book is the best book out there on doing instrumental cues. So if Dean's going to hold up his book at the end of the thing, I don't mind that. So that opens the door to other people who aren't, don't have his experience and are maybe a little sleazier, but you know, a little less honorable. I don't know. Anyway, this is a problem that I'm facing this year. So um, now I've gotten that out of the way, let's move on to, I'm going to read you 
for those of you who've never been to a road rally, I'm gonna do this really quickly and I'm not gonna name them all off, but uh, some of the classes we had last year were beginning Pro Tools, mid-level Pro Tools, um, a year in the life of a song from creation to placement, uh, wrestle any song to the ground, know what's happening in a song, and what to really call it with Bill Gordon and James Koshin. That title's too long, gents. Uh, Demystifying the Cue with Dean Crepain, uh, making money licensing your music in TV and movies, Seven Steps of Licensing Heaven with Ed Hartman. Unfortunately, Ed got sick and didn't make the rally last year. How to Build a Professional Website in Minutes with uh, No Web Design Skills with Dave Cool. Um, Perfect 30-second elevator speech in five steps with Peggy Glenn. Make it modern music production with Rob Shirelli and Ron Harris. Always hear great things about Shirelli's class. Um, using professional sample libraries effectively with Jeff Steinman. Anatomy of a mix from demo to broadcast quality with FET. Also hear amazing things about FET's classes. Uh, learn to be your own producer with Mihai Baloney. Uh, his real name is Baloney, trust me, but not like Oscar Mayer. From Pro Media Training, I've heard great stuff about that class and know him to be a really, really smart guy who speaks English, doesn't get too technical. Uh, get Over the Hump, Five Ways to Turn Good Songs to Great Songs with Jason Bloom, also incredible. Um, show Me the Money, How to Maximize Every Revenue Stream of Your Music um, with Kevin Bruner of CD Baby. Um, understanding what mastering does with Hans DeKline, who is one of the preeminent uh, mastering guys here in LA. Uh, power management for the songwriter, musician, or studio owner with David Nauer and Jason Atkinson of Audio Perception. Um, essential class for the performing songwriter with Jan Linderkota and Matt Moss. Murphy's Laws of Songwriting with Mal Ralph Murphy. The do's and don'ts of attending music conferences with Cliff Goldmacher. Maybe we should have that one before people come. Um, are you a hit song maker with Jilly Moon? Um, composing for production music libraries with uh, techniques and strategies with Peter Neff. Um, give frightless performance every time you sing with Stephen Memel, who's a miracle worker if you've never been to one of his classes. Urban music listening and feedback with Greg Lawson. Um, personal management 101, the nuts and bolts with Carl Lewis and Rob Blasco Nicholson. Um, time, is it time to get a manager with Chris Hot Rod Long? Networking strategies, uh, strategies for songwriters with Dan Kimpel. Um, tools and techniques guaranteed to make you a better songwriter with Barry DeVorzon from Master Writer. Simple song structures that sell with Casey Hurwitz. The pursuit of excellence, determining winners from others uh, with Bob Meddy. Um, activate your inner music mogul with Nancy Moran. What's Hot in Nashville with Jason Bloom. Takes two to bring a song alive with Susan Koch. Ask Me Anything with Tony Van Veen, the CEO of CD Baby and Disc Makers. Um, studio Tech for the Songwriter, Musician, or Studio Owner with Jason Atkinson, David Nauer of Audio Perception. Power Marketing for the DIY Musician with Bobby Borg. Those are always amazing. Um, I mean, frankly, I haven't seen one yet that I think was a lame class. Lyric Master Writing Class uh, with Barry DeVorzon. Prosody, the most important concept in great songwriting with Pat Patterson. Um, building a catalog is a marathon, not a sprint with Chuck Schlachter. Um, Home Recording 101, it's easier than you think with Mihai Baloney of Pro Media. Uh, so you've written a hit, what do you do with it? Jason Bronner, Nothing But The Truth with Jeff Freundlich, who won't be there this year. He's sending another person from his staff who I've been getting to know and I think is going to be a great asset. 
what happens after the forward, meaning a taxi forward with James Koshin, successful, mu uh, successful music dissected with taxi members by Matt Hurt, John Mazzei, and Dave Walton, um, rhymecology, the art of hip-hop lyrics and rhyming with Jay Walker. I heard that was really good, by the way. Uh, Murphy's Laws of Songwriting, part two. Part one of that is where Ralph dissects songs, gives advice, and then the people come back the next day and play their reworked songs. People say, oh, I've actually been to it once years ago. It was amazing. Um, music business uh, basics and the technology, terminology it uses with Casey Hurwitz. Multiple streams of income, Deborah Russell. Pro Tools, again, we've got like nine Pro Tools classes. Um, Legal Toolbox with attorney, music attorney Ben McLean. How to get more forwards from Taxi with Carl Lewis and Rob Nicholson. Do's and Don'ts of co-writing with Cliff Goldmacher. 15 ways to make your music uh, extraordinary. 23 ways musicians can make money with Dave Cool um, from Banzoogle, which uh, I keep seeing more and more musician websites done with Banzoogle than I ever could imagine. So they must be doing something really great, which doesn't surprise me because Dave Cool is awesome. Uh, vocal Mechanics with Claire McLeod. Uh, Invincible Singing for Stage and Studio with Steve Memmel. Using Structure to Help Your Songwriting with Michael Anderson. Sounds Like a Winner with Darlene Koldehoven. Um, let's see, Instrumental Cue Listening and Feedback with Adam Zelkine. Anatomy of a Mix um, from Demo to Broadcast Quality with FET. Writing Lyrics to Melody with Pat Patterson. Breaking Down the Barriers to Broadcast Quality with Ronan Chris Murphy. Um, chart Busting Sounds and Songs with Doug Fenske. I have no idea. Sorry, Doug, I have no idea who you are. Um, Song Shop Live with Jai Josephs. Get Seen, Heard, and Signed with Bobby Borg. Um, online Marketing for Musicians, How to Gain More Fans and Generate More Income for Your Career with Dave Cool. Straight Talk with Rob Shirelli and Ron Harris. Special Guest A&R Executive Mark Mazzetti. Um, let's see, Getting Radio Airplay, Guerrilla Techniques That Work with John Flanagan. Uh, how to Correctly Set Up Your Speaker System and Master Your Mixes with Chaz Ferry. Obladi, Oblada. Why Words Don't Count with Jason Bronner. You know, I would normally say that was a terrible title until I saw Jason Bronner's name on there and I hear great stuff about his classes. So, um, Why Words Don't Count. There's a lot to be said for that, huh? Live Music Masterclass with Michael Lloyd, who got 100 gold and platinum records uh, on his wall, teaches a great class. So there you go. Those are just last year's classes. This year's classes will be you know, somewhat 70% similar with new stuff being added. So uh, there you go. So now you understand why it's so hard to pick up new classes because we cover so much. Uh, Mark Doyle says Jason's class was great. Uh, okay, we're back to talking bacon. We should have a bacon room at the Road Rally this year. For those of you who have never watched the Taxi TV before, uh, Jimmy Carvalho and his cult-like followers are always talking about bacon. <laughs> okay, so did that. Now, let's talk about the Grand Ballroom. Um, okay. Uh, one to, oh, I want to mention we've got open mics, which are very, very popular with the members. And we do two open mics Per night, we've got a 200-seat theater in the uh, hotel that we do the road rally at, 
And it's like one of those cool Hollywood screening rooms. It's like a movie theater, um, very kind of warm, intimate, dead sounding room with a, a stage and movie theater seats. Um, so we got that going on. Um, and then down the hall, we take a ballroom that normally seats 500 people and we have tables and chairs in there and flickery little candles and we set it up more like a club atmosphere and do an open mic on a stage in there. So we have open mics happening on Thursday night, two of them happening on Thursday night, which is registration night. So after you get through registration, go grab a bite to eat and then head up to the open mics. Um, Friday night, two open mics, and then Saturday night, two open mics. Now, in all probability, we're going to be joined this year by a new sponsor, um, which is a guitar manufacturer of fine acoustic guitars, um, not Paul Reed Smith. Uh, once again, they got right up to the edge and then didn't pull the trigger. But we have a, a new sponsor this year. We haven't inked the deal yet, but it's highly probable, so I don't want to mention their name. Um, but they make really special guitars. And one of the things that we're discussing with them is hoping, hosting like a little ad hoc, um, anybody can walk up and play open mic uh, on their little mini stage on the second floor at the top of the escalator in the mezzanine area, which everybody goes through that area to get to the classrooms on the second floor and to get to the other two open mics at night. So I think it might be really cool if, you know, because the other open mics, you got to sign up and get on a list and you have to be responsible and get there in time to sign up to get on the list. Anybody can get on it, but you got to be responsible. So for all of you who are not all that responsible, um, there's another place where you could just stand in a line and get up and play to your heart's content. So that's a high probability, but not guaranteed. Um, like I said, Thursday night's registration. Then Friday, we have the opening remarks. Um, and our opening remark person this year, uh, basically a warm-up for yours truly, is going to be Michael Lloyd. Uh, Michael's probably been to more road rallies than anybody. Like I said, he's like a world-class producer that has more than 100 gold and platinum records on his wall. Um, he has such a kind heart, such a talented guy. And I don't think I've ever seen anybody who gives so much of himself to taxi members after the road rally. This guy will take CDs, tons of CDs that are given to him at the road rally. And when he's driving around in his SUV all over LA, which we tend to spend a lot of time in our cars here, he actually will put the CDs in his um, CD player in the car, uh, listen to him, and then call the taxi members up and give them feedback while he's driving around. And I'm not talking about doing this two or three times. I'm talking about he does this a lot. And I get these insanely happy emails from people going, I can't believe it, Michael Lloyd just called me. Um, by the way, he just produced a, a new record for uh, Mike Love at the Beach Boys, which I heard over the weekend. Um, heard the single from it over the weekend. Uh, so, I'm not going to tell you. I'm trying to get somebody really special to many, 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 many taxi members um, to be our keynote interview. I've reached out. I have a common friend with this gentleman. Um, so I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to jinx it. And if I can't pull it off, I can't pull it off. Um, I don't even know if he's going to be in town or not, but I know that the gentleman, I will tell you it's a man. He lives in Los Angeles, and I know that taxi members love him. Okay, so Friday morning, um, after we do the keynote, 
Last year we did music for advertising. This year, remember last week I spoke about music licensing 101 and 102? And I mean 101, 201, 301, and 401. Where the hell did my notes go? Very disorganized in my notes this year or this week. Um, so just to give you an idea of the kind of thing that I'm thinking about for music licensing 101, the basics. What is music licensing? Um, publishing, what is it? What does a publisher do? How much does a publisher get? What's exclusive versus non-exclusive? What does in perpetuity mean? Uh, do I need to set up my own publishing company? What's a performing rights organization? When should I join one? Which one is best? How do you get paid? Uh, what's a sync fee, a master license fee, licensing composition versus the master, um, creative fees, a blanket license, performance royalties, the range and size of payments, how long it takes to get paid, how do I collect the money? So that's the kind of stuff that I think would fall mostly in music licensing 101. And then I'm looking at the time going, I don't know if I've got enough time to do 101, 201, 301, and 401. So I may um, bind 101 and 201 together and uh, play some examples for the 201. I want to do when and why music is used in TV shows um, and feature films and commercials and trailers. Uh, and so I want to show examples because if you're making instrumental music that's good for reality show cues, again, I'm going to go to my favorite example of Kim Kardashian trying to pour milk in the kitchen and not being able to do it. She spills some what kind of music would get played there is going to be very different from what you might hear at the end of an episode of Grey's Anatomy for, um, you know, the forlorn love um, video montage at the end where the song is telling the story and kind of completing this, what the script would normally do um, versus what you might hear in a blockbuster movie trailer versus what you might hear um, in a TV commercial versus what you might hear in a network TV promo. So I want to ex um, play examples of all those and have somebody explain how they're different because there are all these different kind of different ways to license your music. It's not like I license my music for film and TV. Most people don't cover all those bases. So that could be the combo 101 and 201. So give me plus ones if you like that idea. Because we have a lot of members that, you know, it's tough. We have a lot of members who are advanced and some who are just starting out on this career arc, if you will. All right, let's see those plus ones rolling on in or minus ones if you don't like it. Um, I can't address specific questions. So how common is it to get information about a specific scene to write to? Um, it's not so much a specific scene as it is a type of placement. Whoa, where did they all go? There we go. Okay. So getting a lot of plus ones on that. All right. So I may do that on Friday morning right after the keynote. Do, you know, like film and TV music 101 slash 201. All right, last year, uh, then we, we do the mentor lunch. Um, the mentor lunch, for those of you who've never been to a road rally, is 30 tables of 10 people each, and we put an industry mentor at each table, and every 15 minutes we rotate the mentors around. 
Um, we've only got 300 seats. We do it on Friday and we do it on Saturday. Most people tend to go both days. The reason that people go is, you know, to, you can go to the hotel restaurant, which happens to be very good um, at the Westin. Um, sometimes it's tough to get served because they're so overwhelmed by the sheer number of rally attendees. Um, so people find, I think it's, like, I want to say 30 bucks to go to the mentor lunch. And with that 30 bucks, you get um, a salad. You know, it, it's a big, nice meal with salad, entree, bread, um, choice of entree, like fish, chicken, or vegetarian, um, dessert, iced tea, soda, or water, I think is included, and the tip and the tax is all included. It's a, I wanna say it's 30 bucks, 32 bucks, something like that. So if you go downstairs to the hotel's place and you get the $13 cheeseburger and the french fries and stuff, by the time you get out of there, you're gonna be probably pretty close to 25 bucks for the lunch anyway. Um, so you might as well go to the um, mentor lunch and meet some industry people and learn some stuff as they rotate around. That ends at 2.30, then at 2.45, we're gonna do what we did last year in that slot, which is the music library listening and Q&A panel. It's an extremely popular panel every year. We get four or five or six different owners or CEOs or presidents of production music libraries that matter. We put them on a panel and we randomly pull music and play it and we ask them, a couple of them, we say, can just two of you guys comment? Usually all of them want to weigh in. I try to avoid that so that we can keep the thing moving. Um, and very frequently they raise their hand and go, yeah, I'd like to get a copy of that. And then you get to see the other four panelists go, I'd like to get a copy of that too. Um, many, many deals have actually happened as a result of that panel. So that's going to go on from roughly 245 to 345. Um, last year after that, we did a thing called Collaboration Nation, which was half a dozen taxi members. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Well, no, one, two, three, four, five, yeah. Uh, taxi members that are all frequent collaborators. Um, it's a topic that we never covered before, but it's very important. And that went off really, really well. This year, I'm gonna do a panel of taxi members to talk about which music they've got that's made them the most money. There's a thing in marketing and sales and in many other aspects of life, a statistical thing called the 80-20 rule, also referred to in the jargon as the Pareto principle, which is, 80% of your income will come from 20% of your efforts uh, or clients or their, you know, yeah, that. So um, over the years, I've had taxi members uh, jokingly say to me, do you believe this one stupid little piece of instrumental music makes me about 4,000 bucks a year, year after year after year? So I'm going to get some taxi members to play you the examples of music they have that exemplifies the Pareto principle and which pieces of music keep making them money year after year after year. And I think you're gonna be very surprised. It's not necessarily the stuff that shows what amazing composers they are. Um, then we're gonna do the John Brahaney Songwriting Award, which um, is named after the legendary song, um, songwriting coach John Brahaney. Um, who was very near and dear to our hearts uh, until he passed away three years ago. And I don't know who our John Brahaney uh, Award winner is going to be this year. I've got a few people jotted down, but haven't made up my mind yet. 
Um, last year we did a thing uh, writing hit songs where we get a bunch of hit songwriters on a panel and ask them how you do it. Well, this year I'm going to do something that we haven't done in quite some time and I will admit that I was inspired when I was at the Hawaii Songwriter Festival about a month ago. Um, they did something similar to it and I thought, you know, I should do that again which is rather than having them talk about um, how they write hit songs, I'm going to get probably three or four hit songwriters up there. We're going to mic them up and we're going to do something kind of like VH1 Storytellers where they talk about how they wrote the song, what the circumstance was, the song craft involved in doing it, and then have them play the song for you. So I, um, I mean, it, it was amazing. Um, there's a songwriter named Sue Ennis who co-wrote with the band Heart. She lives in Seattle, uh, and she did Dog and Butterfly. Remember that song, Dog and Butterfly by Heart? Um, she, <laughs> Sue would tell you, her vocal chops aren't what they used to be, <laughs> maybe they never were, but she got up there, she made the hair on my arm stand up. Sometimes it's just better to hear it coming from the person who wrote it. And it was really, really, really cool. Uh, Anyway, I'm very excited about doing that. So do you guys like that idea? Um, instead of uh, having a panel of songwriters just talking, have them get up and actually talk about how they wrote a particular song and then um, play it for you guys? Sorry, for those of you who are watching the archive, I'm reading the stream right now, the chat stream. Polly says, I'd love to see a 90-minute songwriting from scratch session. That would probably be a class versus something, uh, but, you know, maybe we do it on the main stage. All right, people like that idea. Robbie Hancock says, hell yeah. All right, a lot of quick plus ones in that. Okay, so I am putting a check mark to those things, um, which music made the most money and uh, the storyteller's version of the hit songwriters. Okay, believe it or not, we are up to dinner time on Friday. Um, and then don't forget the open mics that night. So that's Friday. Now, here's a problem I've got every year. Saturday morning, people are hungover because they stay up and party like crazy till like four or five o'clock in the morning. And it's really hard to get people in the ballroom. Uh, last year, I, I did what I thought was an amazingly good interview. Not that I was so good, but she was so great. Um, uh, an attorney, a music business attorney named Aaron M. Jacobson. And she was so wonderfully, delightfully great. Um, and I thought she gave out so much incredible information. But the ballroom probably had 250 people in a ballroom that seats like over a thousand. Uh, and, and I hear this every year from people, oh, I miss that man, I partied way too hard. I understand people come to the road rally. I can't be the hall monitor. People come, they get drunk, they get hung over, they stay up really late, they don't show up. I've got half a mind to just skip the class on Saturday morning and start the ballroom out at, at 11 a.m. Uh, but then, that robs the 250 people that would actually show up and who don't get a hangover and party too late 
from an opportunity. So I really don't know what to do. So got any ideas on what might make a good, a good thing for that morning. Now, here's the problem. If I do something really cool in there, nobody's going to show up and, and see it. Um, I did a couple things last year at the rally. I was brokenhearted. I got to tell you, I was just downright brokenhearted. That one in particular, um, two in particular. I did a thing with Chuck Schlachter, um, who is a uh, not a money manager. Um, you know, he's a wealth advisor. I just can't think of the terminology. Anyway, he and I did a thing together. Um, showing that how you can make, I, th I want to say something, you know, like build a nest egg of $1.6 million um, by the time you retire. If you do X amount of instrumental music and get X number of things in libraries, and we used really, really conservative numbers and showed how it is not unrealistic to build a million dollar plus nest egg doing instrumental music. Um, just stupid little instrumental cues that you would hear in the Kardashians and there were only like 250 people in the room for that. Heartbreaking to me. Absolutely heartbreaking. It was one of the most important panels we've ever done at a road rally. My goal is to help every one of you who wants to earn your living making music be able to do that. And with the way things are going, you know, in the country, in the world, with the economy, and people, uh, baby boomers looking at, gee, how am I going to retire? Um, a lot of this was inspired by the very first taxi member we ever had. Uh, ended up retiring to, not Costa Rica, but somewhere in Central America in an expat community because he couldn't afford to retire in his hometown of St. Louis, which is a relatively inexpensive town to retire in. And that's sad to me. So I'm a big fan the, of the whole concept of a musician middle class, that people should be able to retire with their, um, from the income they make from their music. Nobody showed up, and the panel was great. Um, Matt Eagle says, Chuck was excellent, great session. Um, Mojo says he may have audio notes in that very panel. Uh, Polly says, I think a lot of people understand the power of compounding, the time value of money, and how investments work. I don't disagree with that, Polly, but I think a lot of people don't. Um, Musical Lucy says, if you stay up till 3, you have to go to class at 10. That's five hours of sleep. Not so bad. <laughs> I'm with you, Lucy. I don't get that much sleep leading up to the road rally, so at least you guys can do is show up for the panels, damn it. Okay, so um, anyway, things that I am considering. Where the heck are all my good notes? Um, topics that have been talked about. Um, how to build an instrumental cue. Um, have somebody literally build one from scratch, which, you know, that's a little hard on the big stages because the tech involved. Then again, uh, Stephen Baird built an entire EDM song on nothing more than a 13-inch Mac laptop uh, that wasn't even like a supercharged laptop. So maybe we can do that. Um, the language of film and TV music plus the economics of film and TV music, but I think that we'll cover that in the um, film and TV or music licensing 101, 201 stuff. Um, doing cut downs in stems. I'd like to demonstrate that on stage, but it's not a whole panel. Um, 
in and of itself. Uh, somebody just says, serve mimosas with free breakfast. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> uh, a metadata class. Oh my gosh, I was at, I was meeting with the president and CEO of a class A, uh, what I would call a five-star music library, a couple weeks ago at their office. And they were talking about what a pain in the butt it is for them. They don't, that they feel that composers don't understand how much effort and time goes into entering metadata. And so they would like composers to enter it on their own, but people never get it right, never get it consistent, don't even know what it is, and most of all, don't even know the genre of their own music. Um, so that's something I want to touch on, but again, that would probably be in the, you know, maybe the uh, music licensing 301-401 segment. Um, Fixing your film and TV songs to get more syncs. Um, that idea was given to me by Frank Palazzolo, who did the other most amazing panel in the road rally history last year, and not that many people showed up, where he actually showed how he picks the music for these big TV shows that he works on. He, he did it for real, and, and the people that were in the room went, I get it now. Now I see how music gets picked. It helps me make music that's more appropriate, it was amazing. So Frank wants to show people, because he too is a composer, how to fix your film and TV songs to get more syncs. I don't know if we can pull that off on the main stage, um, but that's a possibility. Um, demystifying the cue with uh, Dean Crepain. I'm gonna find a way to get that on the main stage this year. Um, another thing I'm considering, uh, an editor's panel. Um, we touched on it a couple of years ago, but I would love to get uh, the editor from a reality show to sit there and do 10 minutes of a reality show. Because a lot of people don't realize that the vast majority of music put into reality shows is put there by the editors. These guys aren't necessarily music people or qualified. Um, yes, I'm getting a lot of yeses on Dean. And not just because we love you, Dean, but because Dean is really good at what he does. Um, but having an editor um, show how quickly and how they pick music from something, you know, a drive with a thousand pieces of music on it that the music supervisor gives them and talk about the realities of it. Like, if they know that certain kind of quirky music works really well, they'll go back and use that over and over again, not to the point of being obvious about it, but they, they reflexively go back to the stuff that they know that works. And they're not necessarily looking for, wow, that person's a great composer, just brilliant job on that cue. I think I'll use that. It's not really the reality of it. Um, the Dean sounds like a teacher. Uh, I the Dean book, very good. Editors and soups, number one, plus one on the editor. Okay, so the editor idea is something that you like. Yes, the hotel's 133 bucks this year. They were actually supposed to raise it to that last year and they forgot. <laughs> we didn't remind them. Um, I'd like to see multiple editors, genres, and moods. So possibly I might do the notes that I've got here. It says do a reality show and a drama. So possibly those two. Um, 
Yes on a class about writing to moods. That's a class. Um, I'd like to see how an editor edits a track to fit into the show. Um, reality shows would be nothing without the music cues telling their audience what to think. I should do one panel or class um, showing how to use old school and new DAW recording techniques to get better quality recordings. That way the new generation analog dudes can learn from each other. Couldn't do that in the grand ballroom because of all the tech involved. See, we move things really quickly in the grand ballroom and usually have maximum 15 minutes between panels. So anytime we have to set tech up, it's a problem. Um, a contract reading class would be good. Um, we will definitely have at least two music attorneys there doing classes on contracts. Um, royalty collection for international writers. Um, that's pretty specific, but I'm sure it'll get touched on in a PRO class. Whoa, you guys are getting way ahead of me here. Slow down, dudes. Um, yes to the editor session. Caught that. Royalties, okay. Um, scan popular, I've done that, scanning popular taxi TV episodes. By the way, we're going through taxi TV episodes and picking out snippets of particular topics and turning those into like three to five minute videos that we're going to start putting up on YouTube as well. Um, broadcast quality class. Um, we've talked about a screener dunk tank. Actually, uh, we have in the past actually gotten a couple of A&R people from major level labels that said that they would do the dunk thing, the dunk tank. We thought that would be awesome. How often do you get to dunk a vice president of a major record label? The problem is with the hotel, the safety factor of getting a bunch of water. We we're going to do it outside in the courtyard outside of the hotel. But the hotel was really worried that somebody would get injured by slipping on the water. So they canned the idea. I almost said the S word. Um, Polly wants to know, is anybody interested in music theory classes for a beginner? What is one chord versus, what's a one chord versus a four chord? How identify types of chords, forms, etc., to help you work smarter and faster? I'd like to know, do you guys like that idea of, um, <laughs> lawyers, uh, a music theory class. I'd love to do it, Paul, or uh, Ravi, to raise money for taxi cares, but uh, the hotel nixed it. I want to hear what goes on in the screeners' minds as they're listening to submissions. Plus one on a basic music theory class. I'm a beginner. I'm teaching myself. We did do uh, Nashville numbers. Plus one music theory for beginners is already all over the internet. Not getting a lot of love on the music theory class. Um, Jimmy Carvalho just said, I'd like to DJ in a room like the open jam, but playing EDM. 
I've asked the hotel. They haven't gotten back to me. Um, orchestration. Whoa, so much stuff. Um, you know what, uh, Bria, can you start copying the um, the chat, just highlighting, copying, and pasting it into a Word doc so I can look at this after the fact? A anyway, uh, what was I going to say? I talked to the hotel. One of my notes is to have a DJ in the bar area. So maybe we'll have DJ night. Uh, Taxi Cares is... We ripped off the name from Music Cares. Um, we've raised money for some very worthy causes in the past. We love doing that sort of stuff. So whenever a great cause hits us, we get inspired to do it. Um, the road rally is so, whoa, stuff's going by so quickly. I want to be heard besides open mic and that space near the elevator. Where would I do that? Um, it's near the escalator. Um, it's too hard to describe it now, but we will let you know if it happens. Um, I lost one that I wanted to see. You tend to agree with Steve Aussie, but I don't know what you're agreeing with. <laughs> All right, such so is going by way too fast. I'm gonna have to look at this after. Music theory is overrated. It's good as communication tool between musicians. Dissecting listings and seeing what screeners say in real time. Play songs that work, and we kind of do that on the listening panels. Um, Shirelli doing a mix class, possibly. I think hasn't he ever done a mix class? He'll just tell you, hey, you just move up the, you know, shove the faders up till it sounds great. Um, mixed production classes, we have tons of those. We have probably three or four or five different classes on that. Um, nope, we don't do videos uh, because years ago I recorded everything, went to the trouble of editing it all down, and only 12 people bought it. Um, besides, if we had videos, nobody would come to the road rally, and we all know that it's all about the networking. Um, mixed production class. We do tons of it. Um, still think you should also audio tape. Nope, not going to do it. Sorry. Uh, I'd like an EDM class. Cubase 101. Balance is Shirelli's motto. Absolutely. Um, a team speed writing, speed songwriting panel. Elements essential to each style. It's, it's problematic. It's like, how many styles do we pick? Um, frankly, I would tell you, just listen to the music and the style. You know, why do you need somebody to stand on stage and tell you, these are the instruments I would use for jazz? Just listen to jazz. I don't mean to be dismissive at all, but just saying. Not enough people listen. Um, Okay, you guys are overwhelming me here with ideas, so let me get back on track. Um, okay, and then at the end of Saturday, we do the hit prescription, which is Ralph Murphy does a study every year of what hit songs have in common. What their beat is, how long the intros are, or BPM is, how long the intros are. Um, all, all these different things that he analyzes from a very statistical uh, you know, he has college students help him with it. And the bottom line is, 
It's a hit prescription. It tells you if you want to have a hit in country music, these are the things that you should probably do. Um, of course, people are going to say, oh, I'm creative. I just do what flows into my head and my heart. Well, you can do that by using certain song forms and, and limiting your intro length so it's not 35 seconds long and making sure that uh, the title of the song is in the chorus. Those are the things that make hit records versus records that aren't hits. Um, okay, moving on to Sunday. Here's where I've got my openings. So, Sunday morning. Uh, last year we did music library speed pitching. Um, and that had a reasonably good turnout for a Sunday morning. But again, people just don't want to get out of bed. They stay up too late. I don't know. Is it worth the effort? Do I, you know, it's hard to get panelists to show up. I mean, it's not like these people are getting paid to do it. To get panelists to drive to an airport hotel at 9.30 on Sunday morning, which means they've got to get up at 7. Um, and do I go to the trouble when the ballroom, it's like people are trickling in kind of, I don't know. Um, so I've got that slot open, 9.30 to 10.45. Um, I may go back to doing music library speed pitching. We do get a lot of stuff picked up in libraries. Um, the slot where we had Chuck Schlockter and I last year doing the, uh, the 11 to 12 slot, which was building a million dollar retirement fund with film and TV music. Um, I got to stick something in there. Um, after lunch, uh, we did an hour and a half thing on creating trailer music, but we've done that probably three times over the years. Um, I thought about doing an advertising panel this year, not even a panel so much as just one night. Uh, I sit in bed watching um, TV commercials at night going, Wow, I wish I could play that in the ballroom. I wish I could play that in the ballroom. Wish I could play that in the ballroom. I thought about just right, making a list of all the commercials I see in an hour of TV and playing them in the ballroom so that we could talk about them and realize, you know, these are the things that most commonly happen in music for TV commercials. One of the things that's surprising to me, shocking to me, it was set on the stage last year and reinforced couple weeks ago, I saw my friend Ryan Wines, who um, runs a company that makes music for advertising. And he told us last year on the stage that 80% of the music used in advertising now or then um, is instrumental. He told me a few weeks ago when I saw him that 95% of the music they license for big, huge, major product products, 95% is now instrumental. But remember, it wasn't that many years ago where it was all, you know, uh, like ukulele with a celeste and vocals singing, you know, I love colors, the world is a happy place, all that kind of stuff. That is to some degree, maybe to a large degree, fading away and has been dominated by instrumental stuff. Um, and music library used to be a, a curse word in the um, lexicon of ad agencies. And now uh, somebody told me the other day that they know that major ad agencies are licensing pieces of music for as little as $150 for major commercials. Whereas 2009, 2010, we're running listings for 25, 30, 40, 50, $60,000 a spot. Um, Michael's taking notes while watching a TV show is brilliant. Doesn't everybody do that? I do that all the time. 
I pull out my my cell phone and speak into the little audio recording thing, you know, making notes. Um, advertising panel, yes. Tim Chase or somebody Chase uh, says, yes, but um, we've done advertising panels before um, and didn't have a ton of people. What's heartbreaking to me is when I go to all this effort, put these amazing panels in the ballroom, and I know a lot of people go to the classes upstairs. You know, somebody that writes songs um, and is pitching to artists on labels could care less about film and TV music. I get that. What bothers me is when I walk out of the ballroom to go hit the men's room after I finish a panel, and I see just hundreds of people in the bar area and they've already got drinks in their hands and it's only like two o'clock in the afternoon. So clearly the bar is the place. Maybe I should be doing panels at the bar. Um, what exactly would be discussed in an advertising panel? We did one last year. I don't know, Polly, uh, see if somebody's got notes from it. Um, I, what's talked about is the type of music that is used in different types of commercials. Um, do you know what a mnemonic is? Most people don't. We discussed that last year. We discussed it three years ago. We discussed it five years ago. Um, uh, songs versus instrumentals, moods, tempos, instrumentation, all that stuff gets talked about. Um, a bar panel. Yep, yeah, maybe we could live blog the bar there you go why don't you send out a survey uh, all taxi members to get more info um i'm doing that now <laughs> i'd rather have people that are engaged you know what i don't want to get opinions from a bunch of people that look most of our members don't go to the road rally <laughs> you know we get 2500 people we've got many more members than that um it's mind-blowing to me that the best music convention out there is free and people, some people, a lot of people don't go. Thank God a lot of people do, but we get like 500 attendees from Los Angeles alone, but there are probably another 500 taxi members in LA that don't go to a free convention in their own backyard. Mind blowing. Group listening panels. I don't know exactly what that is, Jimmy. Um, who wants to podcast from the rally that you'd miss everything? Um, advertise on the forum. I do talk on the forum about this stuff. Um, it's amazing. Most of our members don't participate in the forum. It's amazing how many, only 30% of our members open the emails that we send out. That's just the way people are. It's not just our members, it's the world. Um, unless there's blood and guts, people aren't interested. Um, Maybe taxi TV folks could put a star on their badge. Uh, like the way the rally is as it is. Um, it's more that it can be taken in by one person. The personal connections are worth gold. Um, people don't understand the value of investing in themselves. I agree. Um, taxi Road Rally is pretty well known for best networking and being enjoyable, plus the classes. See, the classes are last on the list, Patty. Uh, why don't you just video some of the best shows and sell the DVDs for maybe 10 bucks? I'm telling you, I did that with audio years ago and nobody, 12 people. Um, plus, if people can just get the video, then, then they'll say, why can't you put it on YouTube so I can get it for free? And why are you selling it? Oh, oh it's, you know, I'm so used to getting everything for free. Nobody's going to buy it. 
Um, and when they do buy it, they're just going to put it up on YouTube so everybody else can get it for free. That's right. Michael Mission says it's the 80-20 rule. That's exactly right, Michael. Um, and our most successful members that are making, you know, five, 10, 20, 50, $100,000 a year are the people who hang out in the forum, go to the road rally, read the critiques uh, from the screeners and watch Taxi TV. It's a formula that's tried and true and it works, yet other people don't participate and then they go online and they complain, oh, Taxi didn't work for me. Um, learn about other music by opening emails, listings. Yes. Uh, okay. So, yeah, you know, if I put it up on the forum and people vote on the forum, um, it's usually a weak turnout and I don't get a good enough cross-section. I thought today, and I do, obviously I'm getting people who are very engaged and actually <clears throat> give a damn because you show up every week for Taxi TV. Um, yeah, Taxi TV and the Taxi Forum are both free. Absolutely. So is the Road Rally. Uh, Michael, I go to all other conferences. They all audio tape uh, their sessions, and there are companies that do it. I'm, I'm familiar with those. Uh, can't please everybody. Yep. Uh, value of the rally is worth far more than the membership fee. Uh, little old me got my first contract specifically due to people I met at the rally. Yep. Uh, what the earliest sessions are smaller on purpose. Uh, thing is that we pay for that real estate in the ballroom. I hate to see it lay fallow. Uh, question third time. Uh, hopefully it won't fly here. I don't know how to pause this stupid thing. Could you consider allowing members who are looking for collaboration to put a half inch round colored sticker on their name badge. We already have people that put stickers on their badge at the rally. Um, and, and that's to signify that they hang out in the forum. Um, I agree, it would be great. Uh, one year we did a bulletin board of people that wanted to meet certain other, you know, other types of collaborators. The bulletin board filled up with people's, you know, people would take the same postcard about them playing a gig three weeks from now in Cincinnati and put a hundred of them up on the bulletin board covering everything else up. Some people, you know. Um, we do actually track how many people um, attend classes and panels. Um, Mentor breakfast in the ballroom can't do it because um, the the setup and tear down stuff. You know, it makes it impossible to do a class after you've got to tear down that. Uh, it's hard enough doing the two luncheons. Trust me, the bar is too small. Though lots of us give a damn, Michael, and take this seriously. Thank you for providing such a great opportunity. Please stay positive. I know I'm getting a little cranky today. It's because I worked all weekend. Um, <laughs> break out the violins, huh? Have bacon in the ballroom. Brilliant. Uh, Screaming Bird says, I can't wait for my first rally. It's going to blow your mind. Promise. Um,
Bob says, I only have one drink. I just like hanging out with networking. I don't care if people get shit-faced. Did I say that? I really don't care. I just want them to show up for the panels in the morning, which is tough. I get it. Um, I'm scanning. Uh, this year we should switch badges, play a prank on the newbies. How about putting dollar signs on the name tags and dollar signs? I don't understand what that means, Steve. Um, you need some Rockstar? I've got Rockstar. Do you know that we're pretty much out of the flavors I like? So I actually went out and bought a flat of Rockstar, 24 cans of Rockstar yesterday at the grocery store. Paid 28 bucks for the 24 cans. It was killing me. I've been drinking Rockstar for free for like, I don't know, seven, eight years now. So. Here's to you, Rockstar. I actually bought the product this time. Ah, refreshing. I know you guys appreciate the hard work. I just want it to be amazing this year. I really want it to be mind-blowingly amazing. Okay. I should get back to my notes. So that's a problem. Um, I mean, it's not a problem. I've got three things that I want to fill up. Um, four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, on Sunday, we're going to do a marketing your music uh, class. For those of you who do live shows and sell merch, um, that sort of stuff we always cover. And then we finish the rally off with what we call the happy ending pitch panel, which is we get an assortment of like record label people, producers, music library people, and we do a listening panel um, to close out the rally. And then as has become a tradition over the years, uh, Michael Lloyd gets up there. He goes out and buys an acoustic guitar to give away at the rally every year. What a sweet guy. And then he gets up there, and after we draw the winner for the acoustic guitar, he gets up and plays like a Beatles song, and everybody in the ballroom sings along with him, and it's really cute. Um, I'm not drinking that sugary stuff. There's, that's a no-sugar version. And at most, I drink one a day. Really, I drink it for effect. I've always done it on Taxi TV to promote our sponsor, Rockstar because they give us a pallet full of this stuff. Um, yep, I'm drinking sugar-free. Yep, 20th Road Rally. Every year I swear it's gonna be my last. Oh, we've got a bunch of the roasted coffee ones. Those are the ones I haven't tried yet. We've got like three cases of those, good to know. Um, home studio production. That's something that keeps coming up. Um, how do you teach home studio production? I will tell you though, that I've been very inspired lately. Uh, I created a new part of the forum probably a month or so ago. Show us pictures of your home studio and, and tell us what gear is in there. Some of the guys have uh, really, really nice home studios. They've obviously put a lot of time, effort, and money into building these amazing looking home studios, great acoustic treatments and what have you. Um, I was shocked, though, when I saw, I've been shocked many times when I've seen um, the really small, unimpressive-looking home studios that some of our members who make the best music have very basic setups. I mean, literally, just like a, you know, a MIDI keyboard a computer, not an amazing computer, um, practically no, if any, outboard gear. 
um, not $3,000 monitors, not $3,000, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, microphones. Some of these guys uh, or ladies have very, very basic rigs, yet their music is really, really, really good. So it's the ear, not the gear. We've heard that a thousand times. Um, Yeah, Mojo Bone says Matt Matt Hertz rig. Who Matt is maybe our biggest money earning member over the years. Um, his rig is hysterical and so simple. Um, yeah, if you guys have never done that, go to the Taxi Forum at forums.taxi.com and look at the section. It's like home studio gear and photos or something. It's toward the bottom somewhere really really educational so many people don't get involved because they're just they they're either tech phobic they don't think that they can learn how to operate a digital audio workstation um they're intimidated by all this stuff and some of our members that are making the best music have very very basic systems um ah, i see it's promote g y a s uh night on the forum in the forum chat um, okay uh, oh I forgot Robin Frederick of course uh, she's got a slot nailed down Robin Frederick will if I didn't mention her earlier she will absolutely be there um, What's the Taxi Forum link? It's forums.taxi.com. Forums with an S, forums.taxi.com. Um, all right, stuff is flying by too quickly again. Um, I think that's it on my list of possibles. Um, oh, next week on the show, by the way, um, we're going to have a taxi member who's our artist of the month this month named uh, Astronautica. Um, she is a young, early 20-something uh, young lady from Los Angeles that does what Bria describes as chill EDM. And, um, oh, I left out one of the most important things that I want to do this year. I can't believe it. I get so easily distracted from the chat room. Okay. Um, I am going to do a thing this year that I haven't come up with a title for it yet, but one of the most pervasive negative things that I've seen year in and year out in this industry, literally since the day I started Taxi 24 years ago, is low participation by women. Um, and I, I'm not going to turn this into a political thing, any sort of a glass ceiling thing. I want it to be an empowerment panel for women. The thing that I've heard more frequently than not from women who, uh, like, we get really low participation numbers um, as magazines that, like, Recording Magazine, I think the the females that read that magazine, it's like 6% or something. Um, I was talking to somebody over the weekend, oh, from one of the major um, uh, musician, music software companies, uh, told me that their customer base, very few women. Um, I think that a lot of women don't participate in taxi, don't submit their music um, because they're largely singer-songwriters that may be like piano-based or acoustic guitar-based, and they just haven't crossed the chasm to get comfortable 
working with home studio gear. So I am going to do some sort of panel this year that is empowering for women. And on that panel, I want to get like a notable female composer. I mean, like we're talking score composer kind of person, um, probably a female music supervisor, um, possibly a couple of female taxi members that are successful. Um, maybe a female music library owner. Um, and, and just talk about um, what they did to become successful in their respective aspects of the industry. Because I think far too many women would like to be, but for one reason or another, and I haven't ever figured it out other than the possible tech phobia thing. Um, so I want to do a panel that empowers women this year. So what do you think, you guys, about that? Whoa, 54 new ones down there. Woo. Yeah, I've actually been talking to C.K. Barlow about this. Um, She's been advising me. I really don't want to turn it into a, you know, men are sexist pig thing, um, or there's a glass ceiling. Um, all that stuff is, is talked about in other places. I want this to be positive and empowering. Um, not, you know, uh, yeah, I don't want it to be political. I want it to be empowering. Let me just say that. Uh, lots of new watchers. I'm a woman, major computer using, user, yay. Patty Boss for president. Anyway, um, I'm excited about doing that. I, I've been debating it for months and have been reaching out to all kinds of uh, ladies to get advice on it. You know, somebody said something to me one day that really kind of upset me, which is, uh, boy, if you did a panel that was, you know, only about men being successful, you'd be called a sexist idiot. Um, so it, aren't you being a sexist by doing one for women only? And that's really bothered me, I've got to admit. Um, so I don't want to piss anybody off. Um, okay. I think I've covered everything and I can't wait to go back and read all this stuff later because um, stuff is just scrolling by way too fast uh, this week. So let us now, as I promised, um, we are going to give away a free taxi membership. If you're not a member yet and if Bria picks somebody who is currently a member, you will get a free renewal and how she's going to do it. Um, Polly, <laughs> um, how she's going to do it is by you guys type in plus one if you'd like to win it and she's going to run her finger up and down the thingamabob, the chat room, and wherever her finger lands is going to be the winner. And then she will announce the winner in the chat and then you will have to email her your email address um, so that she can get you hooked up with either a brand spanking new taxi membership or a renewal if you're currently a member. So blast them out, guys. Bria, pick a winner.
pick me, pick me. Sounds like the little Martian in the uh, Claw game in whatever movie that was. Wow. Holy smokes. Coming in quickly. Holy. <laughs> Let's see. I think some people might be putting their name in there twice. Could that be? All right, I think we can stop now, guys. <laughs> Very unscientific, I must say. Uh, so, Bria, have you picked a winner yet? Oh, we can't announce who the winner is until these stop. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Bria's calling me. Yes, Bria. Okay, wow. I mean, they're still coming in. Um, who did you pick? Can you tell me? Craig081. Say it again slowly. Craig. Craig081. <laughs> Give me the numbers again. Yeah, that I got. Yes. Dash one, that's where I was getting messed up. Okay, thank you. All right, yeah, people are still... <laughs> I got kicked off. Okay, then we'll make you the winner, Dap. All right, thanks. Bye. Um, okay, so we have a winner. Bria picked the winner, and it is Craig0813-1. I think the dash one is the one okay so craig congratulations there you go you're welcome craig are you a current member or uh will you be a brand new member i'm curious to know <laughs> mentry steve says that's me mentry steve craig uh look at that taxi members in their uh usual form saying congratulations Yep, that's you, Craig. First time member or renewing? So you need to um, email Bria and I will spell her name for you because it's like Briagha. Uh, very Scottish. And that wasn't my best Scottish accent. Um, Bria, B-R-I-A-G-H-I. -I. That's B-R-I-A-G-H-I. <laughs> Bria, post your, write your name up there, will you? It's like Briagha, but it's pronounced Bria. Scottish. Anyway, um, Bria at taxi.com, and Bria will get you hooked up with your free renewal. So I want to thank you guys. Um, that will be, <laughs> thanks for hanging in there all this time. Um, I will go back. There you go. Briagha at taxi.com. Uh, I will go back and look at all the notes from uh, today's chat room and see if I can figure it out 
and zero in. Um, we will be opening up registration in a couple of days, waiting for one more thing to get fixed by the techies. So we will be sending out an email. By the way, have you been noticing the amazing listings we've been getting lately? Just like killer, killer listings. We've got so many listings, frankly, we don't know what to do with them. Companies uh, calling us up going, I need four more listings to run. Just got one of those on my way to work this morning. So thank you guys. See you next week. Don't miss the show. Astronautica is a very talented young lady. And with any luck, we're going to get her to create a track on a laptop here during the show. With any luck. So until then, we bid you adieu from Taxi World Headquarters. See you next week for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. And thanks again, you guys, for helping with the roadblock. Bye-bye.